pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, let's try this again, shall we? ESPN's Jeremy Fowler joined us on the show yesterday. Uh, we discussed the importance of the offseason moves that the Bengals have made, uh, and they've done a fantastic job of retooling that roster to put themselves in position to when they do get Joe Burrow that they could be potentially be instant playoff contenders. Jeremy Fowler, though, had something different to say. Take a listen. But the AFC North is a, is a division that really fascinates the heck out of me right now. I mean, you have the Ravens, who have MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson. You have the Bengals, who have the number one pick, and are about to get Joe Burrow, and who has spent a ton of money this offseason. The Browns have Baker Mayfield and all the money and acquisitions they've made the last couple of years. And then there's the Steelers getting big Ben Roethlisberger back. The AFC North is quite the division to cover, if you, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, all four teams, you feel like, have gotten better. You know, the Steelers uh, spent six years trying to get this defense right. Uh, after years of just kind of subpar play there, and then now uh, they have it all set up, and they just need a quarterback to put it all together. And, uh, you know, the Ravens got better this offseason, the defensive line particularly. Um, Cincinnati spent, what, $150 million mostly on their defense and free agency. So, um, you know, the, the Browns and the Bengals both, uh, even if they're three and four in the division right now in the pecking order, uh, all have a chance to be very competitive. Now, the Steelers, obviously, they're just one of the, the it's one of the best-run organizations in all of football. And with that being said, their roster may not look the sexiest or have some of the bigger names on it, but they are the most well-constructed roster. Uh, I mean, for those who are kind of overlooking the Steelers because of everything else going on, especially with Lamar Jackson and Baltimore winning the division the last two years, how much, I mean, we know Big Ben and how much of a difference maker he is, but just how much of a difference maker is he in 2020 when he comes back to the Steelers this season? So, yeah, I mean, as long as, as he continues to stay on the right track, uh, the Steelers have been happy with his progress. They believe he's going to be healthy. Uh, he's told them that he feels healthy. Um, you know, really the key is can he throw with velocity and spin on the ball, uh, and that will be the last sort of stage probably sometime late spring, early summer, where he'll start to really turn it up. And, uh, you know, assuming he can do that, then the Steelers don't feel the need to, to do anything else at quarterback. If they have their guy for the next two years, he's under contract for two more years. Um, there are a lot of rumors about Jameis Winston and the Steelers. I just don't really see that happening based on what I've heard about Ben. And you know, they still like Mason Rudolph as the backup. They don't typically spend a lot of money on the backup quarterback position anyways. So, uh, yeah, I think it's all systems go there. I'm glad you bring up a backup quarterback. It's one thing I talked about earlier in the show when it came to the Cleveland Browns. It didn't really click to me at the beginning when it came out that they had signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal. But then I thought about it. Case Keenum, I mean, it's being presented to people as he's the backup and, you know, Baker's their starter. But, Jeremy, I can't think of a scenario where a guy like Case Keenum, who has had a lot of success as a starter, why would he marry a team for three years as the backup? I mean, is there, is there messaging to him behind the scenes that, hey, we, maybe we are not as convinced that Baker is our guy moving forward, and he could be a potential replacement if things go south with Baker? I don't think so. I think it was more about just securing a good contract, you know, six, average of six years, or excuse me, average of six million a year for three years. Uh, it's pretty steady for backup quarterback money, and he's got a relationship with Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota. They won games together. Uh, a couple of years ago going to the AFC or the NFC championship game. And so there's comfort there. Uh, I think 
the Browns feel good if he has to play games for them that he can win. And, you know, Case has been around where he started in Denver, he started in Washington. Both scenarios didn't work out. So, you know, he's, he might not get another crack at being a starter uh, unless he goes to the right place and can fill in and win some games. And so Cleveland was that for him. I don't think it's any sort of indictment on Baker at all. I just think that uh, it's the best backup plan they feel like they can have right now. Uh, where if, if Baker does struggle for eight to ten games, and they know Case can win for them. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler with us here on the Justin Kenner Show. Uh, another thing, too, over the weekend uh, that you reported on, that the, the Cleveland Browns were close to a deal with Jadavion Clowney. Of course, it kind of fell through late. Clowney asking for a lot. I think that's kind of what has allowed him to still be available at this point in free agency. Uh, from what you know, what led to, to the conversations dropping between the Browns and Clowney, and is there a chance that they can resume those talks? Well, there's always a chance. I think they left the door open, but, you know, uh, early last week, and even the day before, you know, when they were signing Adrian Claiborne, uh, who's sort of a, a flex number three pass rush option, they were still looking at upgrading there. And, and I'm told they had pretty productive talks with Clowney. Nothing got done, obviously, but, um, you know, they, they felt that they were in the mix there. And, and uh, I, I think it's going to be Olivier Vernon or Jadavion Clowney at this point, unless they find somebody in the draft. Vernon obviously still on the roster. He can still play. He's got the $15.5 million cap hit. So they could, if they decide on Clowney, they could essentially switch that out. Um, but, the, you know, they, I know the Browns have been looking for value. And when it comes to value, I don't know if they're willing to get up $16, $17 million a year for Clowney. I think they were pushing hard to maybe get it at their number. And if they can't have it, they might not move on it. News that came out just a little bit ago earlier this afternoon that Antonio Brown uh, now with an agent and uh, well, I mean you've been following this case closely obviously you know with the Steelers the fallout between Antonio Brown and the Steelers at this point uh, what's the likelihood that he gets back into the league and if he does get back into the league what's the likelihood that he would be eligible to play right away the NFL still hasn't even been able to <laughs> hand down a suspension or any kind of punishment for his uh, off the field stuff um, as he has not been an active player yeah you know it's uh, it's complicated because you have to clear hurdles just to get to the point where you can be suspended, you know, like he's, um, he still has to do counseling and finish that and, and you know, um, kind of get on the, uh, the right track for the NFL's checklist. And, you know, he hasn't really even done that. And then now you have formal charges from the state of Florida uh, for misdemeanor battery and felony burglary. It's going to take a while. You just put that and add it to an even bigger case file. Um, I think once there can be clarity on how many games he'll miss, whether it's six games or whatever it is, then uh, I think teams will be interested at that point because they can kind of plan ahead and do the cost analysis. Um, I don't think a lot of teams will be interested, but there certainly will be one contender out there most likely that sees him as a missing piece where you can go somewhere with a strong quarterback presence and a strong head coaching presence. I think that's why New Orleans looked at him originally last year is, you know, it, it, when you have that security in place, you can take some risks. Last week, of course, the video making the rounds of Lamar Jackson throwing with Antonio Brown, that got a lot of people talking. Uh, you know, with that being said, you said there's not going to be a long list of teams that are going to jump in line for him, but there will be a team. What are the chances that that team could be a Baltimore, and what are the chances that Pittsburgh and him could ever bury uh, the drama from the past? Is that door still open for a, a down-the-road uh, re-encounter? Re <laughs> well, you know, the latter, I don't really see that now. Um, the Steelers, you know, they like to keep lines of communication open with former players, especially great ones. Uh, so, you know, I would never completely rule it out. But I, I don't see Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown playing together again after um, 
you know, a, a lot of uh, issues and tensions that uh, were never truly quelled. You know, so I just I don't necessarily see that. Now, Baltimore is interesting because, um, you know, the, the general manager didn't squash it when he was asked about it today. However, uh, with how they run the ball, I just don't know if I see AB as a fit. Uh, unless they decide to go to him more often. But, you know, if he's blocking 30, 40 times a game, I just don't see him being very happy with that scenario. Uh, he'd probably rather go to a place where they're going to spread the ball around. Again, it's way too early to do this. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. I'll send you out with this, Jeremy. It's way too early to do this, but we're going to try it anyways. You look at the AFC North. We went through what makes so you know each team so unique and interesting at this point. We haven't even gotten to the draft, uh, but Big Ben Roethlisberger coming back does you know add a huge wrinkle into this division. It's been the Ravens' division the last couple of years with the healthy Ben Roethlisberger back. Where does that put the Steelers, and how would you rank the teams in the AFC North at this point? I'd still put Baltimore one. I, I think the Steelers can be a playoff team if they just get a little more around the offense um, in the playmaking positions. I like the Eric Ebron signing, uh, but, you know, he's still a bit of a wild card. He, he's a good red zone target, um, so I think they'll use him the right way, but, um, you know, he's had his problems in the NFL. So, uh, you know, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, those guys need to, to stay healthy and do a little bit more, and, and if you can get an option in the draft to help you as well, uh, that can go a long way. They have a couple of young players that they like, but, you know, they just need more offensive firepower. Uh, when this team was really good, they had two guys who were all pros in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. It's hard to duplicate that. Um, so, you know, I still have Baltimore one, Pittsburgh two, and then, you know, I, I probably got the Browns three right now with the Bengals, a very close fourth. But I, I really think all four teams have a chance to be pretty good. All right, well, good stuff, ESPN's. Jeremy Fowler, good enough to join us here today. Jeremy, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. Be safe. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.